Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nocho Prano. Hello, Andrew. Good morning. How's it going over there in Cincinnati, Ohio, Andy? I'm good, man. I'm feeling good. Can I can I start the show off with a little, a, a little, a little boasting, a little, a little happiness, a, a little happiness boasting? Okay, sure, shoot. What's going on? Just got wind of this like 30 minutes ago. Okay. The headline reads, this is from our local paper here in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, the the big local paper, which is the Cincinnati Enquirer. The headline reads, this is currently the main headline online on the sports page. Gold Star trolls Tom Brady Buccaneers via Twitter in celebration of Bengals win. Wow. Andy Ruther. The, uh, is now a national publication headline grabbing troll. This is great. <laughs> and they post the tweets that I had yesterday uh, during the Bengals Bucks game. And obviously a lot of them are mocking Brady. I don't know if you watched the game, but like second half was implosion, two picks, two fumbles. Yeah. Like they're just sacking him left and right. The, 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 the snake skin that is your fandom you you shed you shedded the Tom Brady lover you, you shedded the goat jersey that you wear, and and out from under it snuck the tiger stripes, one of the many in the in the the AIDS quilt in the Andy and his Technicolor dream jersey. You shedded the Tom Brady jersey yesterday, and you you grabbed national headlines with it. Well, here's the thing. And we're gonna get to a call. I, I get absolutely eviscerated by Carl Aronofsky in, in a call about my fandom. But I, I paid here's how I did it. And they and I'm glad that the inquirer posted this because they posted like five or six of my tweets. The first tweet I did to start the Bengals Bucks game was homage to both Brady and Burrow. And it was a it was a caption that said like early childhood photos of Joe Burrow and Tom Brady. One was a goat with Bengal stripes and one was just a goat. So I was still calling Brady the goat. I was also obviously saying Burrow's the future goat. It's just a meme, whatever. So I started off with homage to Brady. And 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 I like a lot of players, you know, I can I can yeah. root for a lot of players. I can like different teams to do well. Regardless, we'll get to that call later. I I was uh pleasantly surprised to see that they posted a story on my tweets. Also, this is where we're at in journalism in 2022, that an entire story is dedicated to six tweets during a Bengals yeah. Bucks game. So, hey, I'm in a good mood though, Joe. It's great. Your Bengals won. Big comeback. Your, uh, your Broncos won. Your Patriots lose. Your Patriots lose a tough one. 
See, this is this whole thing is on you. You you have created this fandom thing because I've liked players because I'm a Brady guy or I'm a whoever. I do. Let's let's talk about that game though. Which one? It's, the Patriots game? Yeah, and then we can jump into all these uh, games. Unbelievable. I, how many times have you watched that final play? Twelve. Yeah. I don't, I, know if you, I don't know if you saw my tweet about it, but it it did it did uh, spark some terrible childhood memories. I did not. I'm gonna pull it up right now. I was too busy in my own little Twitter world. Well, we got to go back. <laughs> I see you were tweeting last night. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Which is totally true. Um, there was one I was I was playing safety freshman football. Was covering my I think you know we were cover two covering my half of the field. Some other some other guy who was supposed to have the the tight end straight up tight end coming across on a post. I swing my head to look. No one has covered this tight end. I was like, this isn't even my man. He catches the ball two steps, a uh, uh, arm and a knee to my face when I was grossly undersized. I mean, this is pre pre growth spurt for me, post growth spurt for everybody else. And just absolutely pancaked me, threw me to the ground. I remember Jeff Van Gundying his leg as he was pulling away from me to go for like a 60 yard touchdown. I remember trying to Jeff Van Gundy him and just hang on for dear life. And then took, you know, a cleat being dragged across my face mask as he escaped and eluded me. And then as, as I say in the tweet, I've thought about it every single day for 29 years, two months and three days. I remember the date it happened. I'll never get over it. And neither will Mac Jones, Mac Jones. The, the play was a disaster. But just also the absolute stuffing of Matt Jones into a uh, Mac Jones into a locker to end it was just so well, fitting. And he's just a casualty, right? Like Mac Jones in that circumstance is a casualty. And I was just, just a casual. I was just yeah. a casualty too. But yeah, you don't forget. That's what I'm saying. Like you're you're on the wrong end of something you didn't do wrong, which sucks. I, I just don't. I guess there's there's no way to try to understand. I don't know what happened. Like what's going on in his head to try to lateral that back. Like and and he said there was no thing. But also to, so here's the thing. Um the guy who threw the pat threw it back that got, you know, essentially intercepted even though it was a fumble, obviously it's backwards. Um, but the pat the, the 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 lateral that got snagged, that was who Jacoby, what was the name? The guy who threw that one? Jacoby Meyer. Jacoby Meyer. The ball was lateral to him first. Uh, exactly. So he I gotta give him credit. His post game, unlike your boy Giovanni Bernard, who had a meltdown. You know, there was a I don't know if you saw that run in with Jenna Lane. I think her name is there. Both people acting like total fucking dopes in a in a post game scenario there. Jacoby Meyer really handled it well in terms of the post game conversation and saying just totally on me. 
trying to make a play, didn't see him trying to make a play. And they're like, did you, was this part of the plan? He's like, nope, just me trying to make a play. But you got to remember, like, when when he's running down the field and the ball gets lateral to him, I mean, lizard brain athlete shit, just like, oh, we doing this? Oh, we're doing the fucking lateral thing? I didn't know we were doing the lateral thing. But now that you've lateral to me, I guess I better find the guy to lateral it to. So I kind of blame the running back that started the process more than him. Um, but obviously his was the one that sealed it. I mean, in all my years of watching football, I'm trying to think of a, of a, of a dumber play. I'm just, glad it, I'm just glad it happened to the Raiders and not the Vikings. And they're like, I told you we had it the whole time. We had it the whole time. We're the best. This was our game. We own the bills. We own the Colts. Fuck yeah. Miracle lateral interception. Of course. Cause we're the goats. Cause we're the team of destiny. Is, but yeah, is that, that's that's the worst. That's literally the worst play of all time, right? Like, uh, but again, with the circumstance, like, yeah, I, I think being that it's the end of the game, it's a walk off game winner. Like the fact that so much is on the line, especially for the Patriots with the playoffs, all that stuff put together makes it the worst play I've ever seen. Yeah, and especially to happen under a coach who's known for quote-unquote, sound, smart football. Yeah. Like, the wheels are falling off. It's it, it, I do find it interesting that both Brady and Belichick are having, you know, these type of years. Obviously, Brady won a Super Bowl his first year right, with Tampa Bay. But you can't help but wonder, at least that's me. Maybe, maybe I don't know if anybody else is out there doing that. I'm like, you guys had a good thing. Why did we ever ruin this? Well, I mean, again, and this is this is going to play into this has played into so many of the conversations that we've had um, about quarterbacks on this show. And it's going to play into a couple of conversations we're going to have about fraudulent quarterbacks and how they performed this weekend. But I think for Belichick, he just sensed that this type of um roster was coming and what good is it for him to also have to pay the quarterback a ton of money like we've talked about the rookie deal the quarterback on the rookie deal building the roster because you have that all the things so much it's like i i think bill belichick smart enough that he was like i extended the, this patriots run dynasty longer than anyone could have imagined but finally, a bunch of moves and a bunch of financial decisions and a bunch of roster decisions are are coming to fruition here. And I'm actually worse off having to pay Brady $30 million a year to be a part of it than I am just going like, let me rebuild the roster, have a couple of years. I think everybody thought it would happen faster. I know it's only been a few years, but I think everybody, I, I certainly thought... Two years of Belichick down and he'll have revamped everything. And I, I think it is obviously more than Mac Jones right now. Yeah, sure. They have a quarterback problem. You know, they, they went for the Bailey Zappi. 
They have Mac Jones. Like they don't know who's going to be playing quarterback going forward, but I thought they would have gotten the roster to the point where it would be competitive with a mediocre quarterback by this year. And they are, they are competitive. You know, there's a big difference between, or I should say there's not that big a difference between winning 10 games and winning eight games. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a play here. It's a play there. It's a miracle finish play. And I think we've, we saw a lot of, 11 win Brady years, 12 win Brady years, you know, like they were right there. So I just, I definitely thought it would happen faster. Yeah. Well, it's I, funny I thought they, this was the year. I thought this you, was the year, but also the bills and the dolphins have got, and the jets, the whole division improved. Sure. Well, it's interesting that you brought up like where they are at a seven win team right now versus like a 10 win team. I'll I'll use a team where I know we're going to talk a lot about, so I might as well just jump into it. Like them and the Vikings to me, they played neck and neck, right? It was a really close game in Minnesota. I think those teams are kind of on the same level. How dare you? How dare you? I don't like that. I don't like that. We have beaten the bills. Have the Patriots beaten the bills this year? We just had a we, the greatest comeback in NFL history it was against the worst team in the league, one of them. But but we did it. We did it. We came back from thirty three down because we are a team of destiny. We're the we're the best team in the NFC. The, the Eagles. Who do they play? This is this is Vikings fans today. The unreasonableness. Because Andy, you're absolutely correct. They're a ten win team. That have legit two. Well, they have 11 two. wins, but yeah. Two of their 11 wins are the, the, the ESPN probability tracker had them at 99.99% going to lose the game. So the counter to that is, hey, they find ways to win Kirk Cousins, Captain come back, whatever you want to call him, come back, Kirk. He finds that's going to be the counter. Now, I'm sure you saw me going hard on the dirty sports Twitter. I, I look, I'm on your side with the whole Kirk Cousins thing. And I know a lot of dirt balls are as well for the most part. Now we have outliers. I'm going to play a call of an outlier, but that game in particular was such a, Great moment for me to see the delusions of grandeur that the Vikings fans have on social well, media. It, it, it's funny because and, and in particular, Kirk Cousins fans or supporters. Well, it, it's funny because the, the thing I've noticed about Vikings fans is like I there was there was some Vikings dirt ball. Uh, I forget his name tweeting at me during the game. And when they finally come back and tied it up, he was like, fuck you. Yeah. And I was like. I, I like quote, I put in quotes and like was excited. I was like, we're tied with the Colts. Let's go. And he was like, it's the NFL. Grow up. You know, the 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 argument being any given Sunday, which sure. obviously I believe, right? Any given Sunday, anything can happen. The worst team in the league can beat the best team in the league. It almost He's happened. Like, it almost happened yesterday with right. the Texans and the Chiefs. Right. right. But, but, but meanwhile, 
when a 99.99999% Buffalo Bills win comes undone with the with one of the worst self-inflicted wounds ever and that leads to a Vikings victory it wasn't any given Sunday, anything can happen. Sometimes teams fumble in their own end zone and hand you games on the platter. It was, what now? We beat the best team in the league. We beat the super, the odds-on Super Bowl favorites. Why? Because we're better than them. Because True. we deserve to win. Because we are the best team in football. You can't argue it anymore. We beat the Bills. Everybody thinks the Bills are going to win. We're the best team in football. And it's like... It's as simple as this. Three, I'm going to make it four words. Pick a fucking lane. Are you the best team in the NFL because you beat the Bills? Or are you a mediocre team because you had to go to overtime with the Colts? The truth is, any given Sunday, anything can happen. So maybe temper your excitement when the Bills take out a gun and shoot themselves in the foot at the end of the game that didn't make you this team of destiny that made you a team that got a horseshoe shoved up its ass in the middle of a game. I just, I don't understand the Kirk cousins defense when he, I mean, look statistically, and I was enjoying reading some of your tweets back with one of these wild delusional Vikings fans slash Kirk Cousins stands, whatever you want to call it. Guys, statistically, when it matters most, prime time, playoffs, all, all like when it matters most, the most difficult games to win against good teams, he doesn't perform. Like he just doesn't perform. People boasting about a 400-yard game when you're down 33 to nothing, of course he's going to have great numbers yeah. to come back. Yeah. But anyone with common sense knows that game means nothing. Literally nothing. But and the, the other thing with Kirk Cousins is you, like, people love to talk in, like, and we do it to as you know, we obviously do the same thing. We talk in in our opinion, and that's fine. But we're not talking about judging Mac Jones right now. We're not talking about judging Daniel Jones right now. We're not talking about Tua, who has had an injury. We're not talking about Jalen Hurts. We're talking about a guy who's been in the league nine years. And isn't this his eleventh year? Whatever it is. Yeah, with with Minnesota, because this is a, this is facts before this year with Minnesota, with Minnesota, Kirk Cousins is six and twenty one against teams with winning records. Is that before this year? That's before this year. Okay. With with Washington, he was four and nineteen. That's a two twenty two winning percentage against winning teams. This isn't prime time. This isn't playoffs. This isn't. With a playoff spot on the line, this isn't week fifteen through seventeen. So, so Kirk hold, on, Cousins hold on, yeah, do, do those combined numbers six and twenty-one against winning teams as the Minnesota Vikings because people love to say, "Oh, well, Washington sucks." Washington, he was four and nineteen, so he's ten and forty. He wins 
a game 20% of the time. He wins against teams with winning records. See, there it is. That's the stat I care about. A 20% winning percentage for his entire career. And a let me decade. Take, and let me add you one other thing onto this, okay? Kirk Cousins, statistically, he what people love to do about Matthew Stafford, this was the big Matthew Stafford thing. Matthew Stafford's a fraud. He doesn't beat good teams. He stockpiles yards in the fourth quarter when his teams are down. And by the way, we weren't talking about being on the fucking Washington football team or the Vikings. We were talking about him being on the Detroit Lions. So we're already removing the fact that he's on the worst franchise in professional sports. Okay. But this is the criticism of him. The difference is Matthew Stafford was plucked off that team, placed on a team that was contending, and they immediately won the Super Bowl. It immediately won the Super Bowl. Kirk Cousins on a questionable franchise in the Washington Commanders, but also one that's competitive, right? Kirk Cousins, oh, he stockpiles yards. Plucked off that team, put on a team that contended for a Super Bowl, immediately made them worse. Has not been back to the NFC Championship game where they were the year before he arrived since he got to Minnesota. Has not gotten as far as Case Keenum since arriving in Minnesota. Has made the playoffs once in his four seasons prior to this. So you have a team ready built, ready to win. They believe like the Rams, their difference. They need a quarterback. They go out, they get the quarterback that the Washington commanders slash Redskins slash football team don't want. They get him. He immediately makes them worse. The Well, our defense. Well, yeah, guess I don't what? Want your excuses. Guess what? There's a reason why Diggs had to leave. There's a reason why you don't have the offensive lineman re-signing. You're not signing big free agent offensive linemen. There's a reason why this even because you went from paying Case Keenum two million dollars to paying San, to paying Kirk Cousins thirty two million dollars. To me, this was an obvious, like this was an obvious result. Like, like Kirk, the Kirk Cousins thing, that's why I'm so baffled. To me, I think for most people, it was obvious. If Washington didn't want to pay him, an owner like Daniel Snyder, who notoriously, if you go through his history, overpays people. He overpaid Dion when Dion was way past his prime. I mean, I'd argue he overpaid Kirk Cousins while yeah. he was there just yeah. by making him a franchise quarterback. Yeah, he overpaid franchise uh, tagging him. Hainsworth. Like he over he has a history. The, the point is, if Dan Snyder saw any sort of talent, he overpaid guys with longer deals. He didn't want to do that with cousins. Because even Snyder, who we all know is a train. Well, you rat, know, you know who the quarterback guru for the Redskins was then. Sean McVay. So That's if right. they asked, if they asked Sean McVay. It's a good point. Hot up and co coming coaching genius. Good point. Should we sign Kirk Cousins to a long-term deal? He's like, nah, franchise him. Why? I like this. You're right. Guys, it's it's the same way. It's it like it's the same reason 
I think Baltimore hasn't given Lamar Jackson. I know they made an offer, but they're not like they have because it's like, is he that guy? And, and to think that that guys, none of this matters. Like I, I, I'm not trying to be a dick. For the record, that game was thoroughly entertaining. I loved it. I texted Prano. We can we can go to even when they were still down eight points. Did I not? I texted Prano. Not that it's that crazy of a thought, but I said the Colts are going to lose this game just because Jeff Saturday. Like, what are we doing? Is this an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm? But that, but I would even argue that was a terrible football game until the fourth quarter. It's a terrible football game. You you you're having a you're having teams mismanaged to start the game. The disastrous Kirk Cousins getting people stepping on his foot. He's throwing picks. They're overthrowing fucking punts. And the the Colts. I mean, they're not exactly like dominating offensively. No, they're essentially handed 30 points on a platter because the Vikings fucking stunk. Yeah. And then no, you come right. back and then you're the Colts right. fucking stink. They can't get a first down. They can't get a first down. And then only late in the game when the Vikings start making plays to push it to overtime to win the game. Is it really even anything but two different really bad football games? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Now I was entertained as far as the comeback, like, but that's what the announcers are doing. Oh, the game of the year. I was like, and I tweeted, I was like, the announcers are at the zoo watching monkeys have a shit fight and calling it the game of the year. It's like for 30 minutes, that one monkey kept hitting the other monkey square in the face with shit and was like dancing. And then the other monkey started fucking finding his, you know, Mark and started throwing shit back at him. And and there's like, oh, look at this. They've hit each other with an even amount of shit at this point. Yeah. Well, I'm going to play a few calls in that game. We'll start out with a turnt Vikings fan who's ready to talk some trash to Prano. Hey, Joe, here's your fucking goodbye. Let's go, Vikings! Your apology! There's your apology, motherfucker! Sounds like he was at the game. Yeah. And I got to say, this is kind of, you know, I think the thing that, that, and there's a lot of t- there's a lot of fans of a lot of teams that you know I've been called a biased New York fan, you know? I've been called that a lot. Well, you are by, by our fans. But here I am. The Giants have essentially secured a playoff position. And from the beginning of the year, I said, "You know what? Boy, would going 9 and 8 and making the playoffs be something it would sure be something if we did that but then you have these other fan bases right the 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 lions they're not even in the playoffs yet what did we tell you what did we tell you we're gonna win seven games we fucking told you suck our dicks we are gonna be two games under 500 and we fucking told you and vikings fans are like Bro, did you see that? Bro, did you see that? We came back from 33 points down to one of the worst teams in the league. We're the fucking shit. It's like for all the bias that I've been accused of, and 
and what's amazing is from from fan bases and i and and trust me from a Knicks fan and a Mets fan i get that when it's going good for your team that's literally never won the vikings have never won a super bowl <laughs> never you get excited but if you're 25 years old right now have you not learned to temper your excitement about a team that Literally, always blows it. Literally, always blows it. You have never not blown it. Historically, technically, literally, you've never not blown it. You went to that NFC Championship game against Philly. How'd that go? After the miracle in Minnesota. How'd it go? You got absolutely fucking murdered. You had Randy Moss and Chris Carter and Randall Cunningham. You I came believe- to New York for an yeah. NFC championship game. How did it fucking go? You got fucking murdered. You got murdered. Was that 31 to three that game? If I recall correctly, 40, I think they could put up that 40 many. something. Yeah. You guys have to temper your excitement for a team that has 100% of the time blown it. But also, the, the number one reason, with almost, I would say with 90, 98% of the time, if you make this playoffs, there's always a rare one. It might come from the NFC South this year. We had a, 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 a Seahawks team a few years ago. We had a Carolina team a few years ago that was seven and nine. But almost exclusively winning teams make the playoffs. And your quarterback doesn't beat winning teams. And if you beat a couple during the year, that's probably bad news for you. Because historically, he beats them about 20% of the time. I just wish I wish that some of the Carson Palmer Arizona Cardinals fans that we went through this with a couple of years ago hadn't all killed themselves or gone to rehab because I would love them. I would love Jacob Faith and Patrick Sullivan to like open Jacob still listens. I I DM with Jacob to open their arms and tell the Kirk Cousins stands what they're in for. I wish Jacob Faith could say. Listen, man, as high as you're feeling now is how low your every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Temper your excitement because when Kirk Cousins, Carson Palmer's in the playoffs, it's actually going to make it that much worse because you just called screaming from Bank of America Stadium because your team managed a miracle comeback against Jeff Saturday's Indianapolis Colts who have lost their last four games. Well, we do have rational Vikings fans. We have a lot of rational Vikings fans. I'm going to play some of these reasonable fans, some of these calls. Oh, Dirty Sports, it's your number one Minnesota dirtball. Braden, uh, just call in after that Vikings comeback, legendary comeback. I will say... 
It's still fuck Kirk Cousins. It will always be fuck Kirk Cousins. Lucky win today. They should have never been down by that much, but they were. They're still frauds. But, Joe, I'm finishing up your latest episode, and you're wondering about an hour-by-hour odd ticker. Now, I got the juice for you right here. You go to wagertalk.com and go to live odds. It has all the live odds, all the live movement, hour-by-hour, minute-by-minute, of all the live odds across all the major books. Check it out. It's a great betting tool. Stay dirty, boys. Condoms always are and always will be for Kirk Cousins. Love that. Thank you for the for the tip. That's the third or fourth uh, dirtball uh, mention I've gotten this weekend about why, uh, hour by hour line movements. Can't wait to check all of them out. Find one I like. I'm I, honestly not going to lie. Very excited to see how this Minnesota New York Giants line is going to move this coming week. Because where is that game? That will be in Minnesota. So right now, if the playoffs ended or started today, excuse me, they would have a rematch with Washington, who they beat earlier who in would? D.C. The Vikings. Okay. So if the playoffs started today, that'd be a 2-7 game. I'll tell you what I'm hoping for. And it kind of... I'm, I mean, obviously, in a perfect world, it'd be great for the Giants to beat the Vikings, be the six, Vikings drop to three, we get to play the Vikings again. I mean, th- that would make me so happy because, um, well, first of all, I, I get to go up against Kirk Cousins, and we are a winning football team. Also, um, the the other possibility at this point, if the Giants are in, they're probably six or seven. So it's probably going to be the Vikings or the Niners. Now, I want nothing to do with the 49ers. Yeah. Absolutely nothing to do with the 49ers. I don't want anything to do with traveling all the way to the West Coast and going to the 49ers. Now, Cowboys are in the mix. Cowboys are in the mix. Cowboys could overtake one of these teams. Cowboys are one game back of of both of them. They could be. Obviously, wouldn't mind playing. The Cowboys have beaten the shit out of the Giants twice this year. Wouldn't mind playing them a third time. There's a history with that as well. The Giants beating them the third time out of three in, when it matters the most. But I'll, I'll just be totally honest with you. And this is, you can you can say I'm by, like, you can say whatever you want. If the, the top teams in the NFL, in the NFC right now, the Eagles, the Vikings, the Niners, and the Cowboys, I want the Vikings. As a Giants fan, I want the Vikings. Am I wrong? Am I wrong in that? Now, we'll be able to obviously get a look at them this weekend. But right now, before we play them, that's where I'm at. Well, their defense is 100% suspect. Vikings. And also Kirk Cousins. Oh, more Kirk Cousins, just facts. Again, facts. This is this year, by the way. This is this year. This isn't in his this isn't in his Washington days. This isn't in his early. This is this year. Per PFF, Cousins ranks last in the NFL in yards per attempt among starters, among starting QBs when blitzed in 2022. Yards per attempt, 5, 28th. 
completion rate, 51.6, 26th. PFF passing grade, 53, 24th. QB rating, 74.5, 25th. The Giants blitz more than any team in football. Interesting. What's what's amazing, like what was amazing to me, again, that's like the first time I really went in depth this season with Kirk Cousins stands, is the constant excuses. Oh, that's on the receiver. Oh, he, guys, I'm not saying it can't happen. Most guys don't stumble on, I know he was stepped on, but like, when's the last time you saw Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes fall out of a snap. Did you see my point? Like that you don't see Josh Allen stumbling. Also, who gives a shit? Like you, we're not allowed to make fun of quarterbacks just getting fucking snipered from the upper deck and falling down like they're fucking Frankenstein. Yeah. Like good point. Uh, how how about somebody stepped on him? How about be an athlete? Not just lock up like you've been frozen, like you're a fu- <laughs> like like you're Han Solo. You just got fucking frozen in carbonite. <laughs> falling over like a bookshelf one of your legs got stepped on what happened to the other one is it are they connected by electromagnetic fucking fields why did that one also lock up why did your arms lock up and give you no ability to fucking break your fall why did when one guy stepped on your entire foot was it like you got hit by a fucking taser yeah man i i just i just it's 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 so insane to me and I normally don't do this, but the receipts are out there, Vikings fans. Like all those tweets where you were talking trash, like and I'm not talking about dirt balls. I'm talking about the people who scan Kirk Cousins in the search section on Twitter. Like I'm probably going to mess with you when the Vikings lose in the playoffs. Again, this isn't year four. This isn't year five. This is his 11th year in the NFL. You know what you're going to get with him. It, it's the same way with Jared Goff. The, 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 the other amazing thing, there's two, two other things about Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins stands. I get that there are people. There are people in the world who like, you know, the bad boy. They like the fucking, you know, their machine gun Kelly stands. They love fucking, you know, Baker Mayfield because he threw put planted the flag. They're, they're even Andy Ruther susceptible to a little Johnny Manziel love back in the day. The the statistics are out there. The lack of six playoff success is out there. But the biggest question mark here is why do you guys love such a fucking dildo? Yeah, like he's big, the big, he's big the biggest dork, dork of all yeah. time. He's an anti-vax super church fucking dork whose team he it's like when you go on a fucking basketball tournament road trip in high school and all the black guys on the team make the one white nerd who's the manager and statistician wear their chains. And they're like, look at him. He's dancing. And like, he thinks that they're fucking having a good time. They're just laughing at you, bro. They dressed you up like a fucking clown. I don't think Justin Jefferson likes him. Like I'm basing this off nothing. I, I just think a lot of these guys think he's a dork. I mean, let's be honest. Russell Wilson. He is. He is a dork. Yeah. Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins are very similar. They're dorky. They do cringe videos. They're big Jesus guys. Like they're very similar as far as personality wise. 
I don't know. I just know this much, and we got a lot of football to talk. The The Vikings are frauds, guys. They were frauds when they were getting killed. They were frauds after they won. They're total frauds. End of story. Good luck if you have to play. I don't care who's playing quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. Good luck if you have to play the Niners in the playoffs against that defense. Which they but they essentially will have to do. Like, no matter who wins. Yeah, a 2-3 it's, game. It's two the two three games almost certainly going to happen. Exactly. Good luck unless, with that. Unless, of course, they don't even make it that far. I'm going to play a call about Matt Ryan from this game because he's now had the biggest comeback in. Super Bowl history played against him. Now regular season. It's from a British dirt ball. And I, and I always love when the British dirt ball is called, they sound so smart. So this is uh, a question. If, if these massive meltdowns, like if this hurts Matt Ryan ultimately in his career, it, it does. And I, and I was gonna say, I agree that it does, but I'll play the call. Guys, it's Will in Seattle at Uncle Gully on Twitter. I want to ask you about the epic loss by the Indianapolis Colts tonight against the Minnesota Vikings, up by over 30 points. And I just want to ask, does this impact our view of Mr. Matthew Ryan as an elite quarterback? Obviously, his best days are behind him, but he has clearly now a history of crumbling, choking in big games and in big fashion. Um, obviously, we have tonight's meltdown coupled with the Super Bowl against the Patriots when they're up 28-3 at halftime. Tonight up 33-0 at halftime. By the way, like like he just goes on and on. <laughs> you gotta love him. Like, just that. That yeah. I feel like we need a little refined. I, like, has has anybody besides a British dirtball ever referred to Matt Ryan as Matthew? Mister Matthew Ryan. Matthew Ryan Esquire. I think. I think. <laughs> um, I. So here's my. Take. It really does. I think it does hurt. Is like, like, dude. I know, and are- you, and you're, and you're, you know, you're in heated discussions and wagers and whatever about Matthew Matthew Ryan's uh, not good for me. Hall of Fame thing. Here's what I'll say. Standing alone, blowing a, you know, he's in, he's in his the the twilight of his career. He's found his way onto a team that's bad. He's found his way on a team that I would argue wasn't even that bad. Like they were, they were off to a disappointing start, but I would argue they weren't even that bad. But then they get handed over to a literal, like, person with no, like, with as much high level football coaching experience as any single person listening to the show right now, and probably behind. Some people listening to the show right now. We probably have a college coach at some level listening to this show. 
So standing alone, what happened to the game on Saturday? Okay, like it's the biggest comeback ever, but what's, look at the situation that we're really playing. Where it really affects him is that he did it in the Super Bowl, and it it now wasn't just this miracle one-time Patriots, Brady, Goat thing. Because here's the thing about both of these losses specifically. They We're not talking just, about – They could have just – yeah, they could have just needed it. Taking you, a knee. You, like at halftime, if Matt Ryan starts kneeling and punting, in, in basically both those games, he probably improves his chances of winning. That's what's so crazy. And and that's the thing with Matt Ryan. The thing with Matt Ryan that, and here we go again, get, get your beers ready. The difference between Matt Ryan and like an Eli Manning is we've joked about it so many times on this show. The, the Manning brothers um, tendency to, if somebody grazes their hand, their face in the pocket, they laid down. And it is why they were able to play so many consecutive games. We don't need to get hurt on a random third and 14 after a hold in the, in week six, because this is so much more important. But if you look at, they had, they both also had the thing in their brain. Eli Manning's lizard brain didn't go. I've been touched in the pocket in the, in, on the helmet. And on that play, he knows it doesn't not, nothing is more important than this moment. I don't care if I die. I'm literally having my Jersey pulled. I just have to get away and heave it. And the thing that you see with Matt Ryan is Matt Ryan decisions, dude. And, but also just taking horrible sacks all the time. At some point, throw a ball downfield at some point, chuck a ball out of bounds. But the like in both of those football games, this one and the Super Bowl, it was like, oh, well, here we go. Third and 14. Literally, the Colts will win this game if Matthew Ryan doesn't take a sack here, takes a sack. And you're like, bro, what are you do? Like, kick the ball out of bounds. Sure. Here we go. Super Bowl on the line. The literal only chance. For the Patriots to come back in this game is if Matt Ryan runs backwards and takes a 14-yard loss, taking them out of field goal range. Snap, runs backwards, takes a 14-yard loss out of field goal range. The, they have life. Like, the, the lack of situational awareness from when to take a chance, when not to take a chance, he certainly lacks it to the elite level. And, and it's like, I knew, like, even, even heading in the fourth quarter, when they were still up by a couple of touchdowns. I was like, dude, this, this game, I'm telling you, he just, he, you know, you can sense it and you can sense it the other way. Like I sense when I watch a chiefs game and to be honest, I'd put, I'd put Burrow in that right now. And then in, in maybe a Josh Allen where you're like, okay, there's no lead. that's too safe. You know? It's the opposite with him. You're like, there's no lead that's safe enough with Matt Ryan because he does crazy shit, like you're saying. Jeff Saturday looks so lost out there. It's it's comical. 
it's so comical that he's just so confused. And I don't know if you want, noticed this during the game. He, there's somebody he kept talking to. It's it's almost like he's going to his assistant and he's saying, okay. Oh, I, think he, I, th- I think that guy's a psychic. Or I, I, he, that guy's either a psychic or that's the guy who has a psychic in his headset. He's like, call Miss Cleo. Ask her if we should punt here. <laughs> oh, just Saturday. Thank you for calling. I see. I see a. I see a historic loss in your future. Miss Cleo, what do I do about it? She's like, anything but let Matt Ryan take a sack here. And you should be good. Dude, that's so wild. Like to think that we used to have a hotline of a psychic you could call. Call me now. A Jamaican, a supposed Jacob Jamaican woman named Miss Cleo. Call me now. Do we owe Lions fans an apology at this point? Lions fans are so turned. And, and by the way, I'm here for it. I'm here for the Lions continued success. I think it's hilarious because we've been wrong. I've been yeah. wrong. I it, also I, go ahead. I, I, I think that we I think that we Oh, like, like Lions, we, Lions fans and an apology in in to in the fact that we were wrong. They didn't win five games or whatever. But also. There's still a lot of lionsing happening here, like. The Lions fans were convinced that they were they had a chance to win the NFC North and that they were a playoff team. And the only reason that they're still, I mean, we're, we're headed into week 16 this weekend. The lions are, well, this, the next week will be 16. Okay. Yeah. Right. They, they, they've got 15 weeks of football under their belt already. They're heading into week 16 next week. And the only reason that they are not currently a playoff team is because they opened the, the season full lions thing. Yeah, I mean, look, dude, the, the games are all winnable. That's what's crazy. At Panthers, Bears at home, at Packers. But, Andy, here's what I'm going to ask you, okay? And we can apologize. And listen, I'll do it. Like, you know. I'm like, there's a good the, chance I lose that bet. They win nine games. There's a virtual L chain that I'm wearing right now because the Lions have won far more games than I thought they would. I thought they were a four or five win team. But let me ask you something. They will be favored in all of their last three games. Mm, not at Packers, maybe. Probably you don't not. think they'll be favored at Packers? No. Okay. How many games of their last three do you think they win? I think there's a good chance they win two of them. And they win I nine think, games. I think everybody thinks that. I'm going under two. You're going under two. I'm going one game. One dude, their next two are Carolina and the Bears. They beat Carolina. That's it. They're eight and seven. They're they go L to the Bears, L to the Packers. In the end, they the they give the Lions the most lion, they give the Lions fans the most lionsing they can. Which is they give them hope. They're in position. They 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 are they are captains of their own destiny. You know what Phil Sims said yesterday? And they blow. 
I got to tell you what your old quarterback said. I just started laughing. I started laughing out loud. I think it was Phil Sims. They were talking about the Lions on CBS, and he was like, dude, if they make the playoffs, they can beat anybody. I just started laughing. Like any given Sunday is real. Let's say, let's say the Lions make the playoffs and they're a seven seed. Actually, they could beat the Vikings. But the thought of like them playing a Niners, yeah, come on. Again, the long-term issue that both of us have is the Kirk Cousins. I'm sorry, not Kirk Cousins, the Jared Goff situation. Like you can't have that as your solution. You just can't. You need a quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback, but, but you that, need a lights out defense. But but here's here's the thing if you're a Lions fan, and I and I said this a couple episodes ago or a couple weeks ago. You just you got to play with the people. You Jared Goff's your quarterback right now. Okay. And if you make the playoffs, if you do go 10 and 7, or you do go 9 and 8, and you make the playoffs and you're the seven seed. And you get to play the Vikings. Great. Then your season was a success. And who knows? Maybe you win your first playoff game in 30 years. Because I certainly love love your chances. Like I love everybody's chances against the Vikings team. Should they draw them in the playoffs? But if you go eight and nine and you miss the playoffs and you have a middle of the pack draft pick. This is worse than just losing the whole fuck every single fucking game. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I know it sucks to hear that. You got to build something. Which somewhere. they are. They are. Right. They're building something. Right. But if you build something in the form of starting your season horribly, putting it all together, then blowing it at the end, then not making the playoffs, then not having an opportunity to draft high for a quarterback. What do you have going into the next year? You have a coach that couldn't coach you up in the preseason to get you started, couldn't coach you down the stretch to get you in. You have a quarterback that's been let go of by a quarterback guru and whose team went on to win the Super Bowl the second they got rid of him. I'm just saying... If you're the lion, if you're a Lions fan, you're probably like, why, dude, we like making a playoff push. Like Prana, what the fuck are you talking about? Making a playoff push, being the Lions and almost getting in the playoffs. That's a win for us. That's we're building something. And it's like dangerous. You're building, you're building a, a house on sand right on the ocean. On pillars, you're one of those North Carolina fucking pillar homes that may or may not get washed away with the first big wave. Yeah, but you've also seen teams that go like eight and eight, don't make the playoffs. Now, a lot of those teams have a franchise quarterback. And then the next year, hey, they're in the playoffs. They can go far. Listen, again, to you know, I, I, I've been called a biased Giants fan, but. When we can talk about my game last night right now, um, I was very nervous watching that game because essentially when and we're in, essentially, obviously not, we're now in a very similar position. God forbid 
we now blow it down the stretch. We lose to the Vikings. We lose to the Colts. We lose to an Eagles team that's probably sitting at everybody, and we don't get in because we have a 91% chance, according to the fucking guy in khakis on Sunday Night Football. What's, that, guy, what's that guy's deal, by the way? Can we talk about him? He's he's the guy from – he does all the election shit. He's the guy from – I think he was from 538, 528 or whatever. He oh, so he's like, analytics across the board. Like, Yeah, he's... he does all the, he does all the state watching for politics, and they brought him over to do the sports thing. Um, We're in a very similar position. And, and it's exactly, it's, you know, from a, I think, I think our coaching question mark has obviously been answered because unlike Dan Campbell, this is year one for Brian Dable. So we've answered that. But if you, if we, if we somehow don't close and we don't get in and we're not a playoff team and we're not drafting high and we don't know what we're doing at quarterback. It's worse than if we had gone for three wins again. Yeah. That's where it's always weird. Like, it's true. In the NFL, where you finish and how you finish and your draft placement, it's so important. Because if you're a playoff team, if the Giants get in and get the Vikings or the Giants get in and get the Niners and they go on the road to San Francisco and they play the Niners tough and they lose, if you're a, a receiver next year, maybe you're like, hey, maybe I join the Giants. They don't have a receiving core. I'll probably get paid. They look like they're on the verge of something. They made it to the playoffs. They gave the Niners a good fight. The Niners ended up playing in the Super Bowl. The Niners ended up playing the NFC Championship game. I like this. Whereas if the Giants crumble down the stretch here and don't make the playoffs, if you're a receiver, which again is one of the positions the Giants, we have no receivers. If you're a receiver, you go, team crumbled down the stretch. I don't know whether they're sticking with Daniel Jones or not. Do I want to tie my career to like not knowing who's going to be playing quarterback there to a team that couldn't finish? Yeah. Have you seen the complaints about the referees at the end of this game? Specifically? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, look, they they completely missed a pass interference. Sure, we have to and agree. Then, yeah, and have you seen the call about the Terry McLaurin lining up on or off the line? That's the big conspiracy NFL's rigging games video that's going on this morning. I haven't seen that one. So on the, I believe it was third down play. Um, oh, oh yeah, where they scored. Yeah, where they scored and they got called for illegal formation correct McLaurin is out on the split out right he asks the ref if he's lined up okay the the ref says to, seems to say something to him and then immediately goes with a flag um and and um gives them a thing so I'm gonna I just want to tackle three things here from a biased obviously um but also like reasonable fans yeah. point point of view. Of course they missed that pass interference call. Let's leave that to the side for a second. For sure. This Terry McLaurin conspiracy theory. I played wide receiver my whole life. You are taught to ask the referee if you're lined up. Okay. Correct. In this situation, 
the referee you what you're what you're more normally asking him is are you offsides are you over the line of scrimmage are you about are you about to call me offsides and he's like no you're good you're good and McLaurin seems to ask him is he okay and he says you're good it isn't his job to know whether or not you are supposed to be the end of the line or if you're split out as a guy flanking in the backfield, you're off the line, you're tight end. Are you covering up your tight end? Are you not covering up your tight end? This guy that's in motion, is he the guy that's in the backfield? It's not his job to know that. So he might have said to him, you're good, you're not offsides. And then he continues to process the play and he goes, all right, well, you're not offside, but you are in the backfield. That guy's also in the backfield. You can't both be in the backfield. If this guy's up, then this is a this is a, an illegal formation. So for one, it's not his job. He a ref's not processing in the moment. Are you on or offsides? Are you supposed to be the end of the line? Are you like he's not gonna was you want him to run your route for you too? Yeah. Whenever I would do that as a receiver, I never I'll tell you this, Andy. I never once asked for help from a referee if I was the guy who was in the backfield because you can be two yards off the line in the backfield. I would only ever ask a ref if I was okay, meaning am I offsides or not? Because I'm trying to get as close to the line as I can without being offsides. So the fact that McLaurin is supposed to be the split end and then ask him, yeah, of course you're okay, dude. You're two yards behind the line of scrimmage. Now we go to the pass interference. Blown call. No doubt about it. For sure. Blown call. A little less to me of a this is a rigged situation call. Like they were trying to make the McLaurin situation like the NFL's rigging games. They're telling guys they're good, and then they're immediately calling them offside. I, I, I just want to add this, and I tweeted this today. Because it happens to be the exact same two teams. If they call that pass interference, first and goal at the one, you have four shots to get in. Then you have to convert two. Then you go to overtime. Right? So a lot of things have to happen. First, you're probably getting in. You're probably. Two-point conversion is tough, though. 95% chance you're probably scoring in one of those four plays. We Let's go down to what? 50-50, Now we're going to overtime. Who knows what happens when you're there? As opposed to, as opposed to last year, Giants, Washington football team, game's over. Washington loses. You miss a field goal, game over, time has expired, game over, you've lost the game. And then they give you, they actually unend the game and give you another shot on a phantom offsides call. So karma's a bitch, but the difference between those two games is one game was over. One game still had a lot left to go. Well, for me this weekend, the game I probably enjoyed the most was without a doubt bills dolphins. Really? Yeah. Even more so than our game last night. Yeah. Just because, because, because bills fans were throwing snowballs. Anytime the Dolphins got in the end, the red zone. 
which I don't know how they don't get a penalty for that. I know they said they were going to, but there's that. There was. Did the they sh- eventually make an announcement saying you have to stop? Yeah. Okay. I missed that. They did. Thought of Sam Weish, 1989 Bengals Seahawks game where he made the infamous "You don't live in Cleveland." I, I look. I, I love that game and and some of the electric offensive plays and Josh Allen, as we know, some of the plays he makes. It's just. He's crazy, man. I see a lot of Favre in him, though, too. Where, like, he can just be so reckless, and he fumbles, or he throws a wild pick, and then he's just so amazing. Like, I see a lot of that. Yeah. You know, he, he's very feast or famine. They're going to be a tough team to beat, though. Like, like if I think that number one seed, obviously, we know the weather conditions up in Western New York. They are, without a doubt, like, the number one seed means the most to them. Well, I think the, I think, you know, obviously there's a lot of different ways it can play out, but the, to me, my favorite in the AFC is if, if, if a team doesn't have to play, there's, there's the Chiefs, the Bengals and the Bills. If some team can avoid playing two of those teams, I love your chances. Sure. You know what I mean? If somebody, if let's say the Bills are the one seed and then the second week and then, you know, somebody upsets one of those teams and you don't have to play it, like it is going to be tough for whoever, whichever one of them has to do it to beat both of the other two teams. Well, the Chiefs has the easiest schedule remaining. They're home against the Seahawks, home against the Broncos at the Raiders, right? Then the Bills, who've now won one, two, three, four, five in a row, at Bears, at Bengals, home against the Patriots. And then the Bengals have, at Patriots, home against the Bills, home against the Ravens. So arguably the toughest schedule. I think actually it is the toughest schedule of the remaining team's records. So the Chiefs have it the easiest. I, I don't know what to make of the Chiefs lately, man. I, I know they're still great, but like, you know, it's back-to-back weeks where you're like, man. The thing about the Chiefs is like, if they're favored by four, they're going to win by 10. But if they're favored by 14, it's going to be a close game. It's like, what's crazy is the Chiefs, it, it's almost like the Chiefs have this, we've been to five straight, AFC championship games in our building confidence where like, they just don't take some of these teams seriously. And they kind of know that they're going to be able to win in the end, no matter what. I mean, look at the closest games, the chiefs, they lost to the Colts. They went to overtime with the Texans. They like, like, but meanwhile, if it's like, Oh, this game this week. Oh, look at this. This is oh, there. You got this team coming to town. It's going to be they fucking kick their ass. So like, I almost feel like, that's the one thing that the Colts have going for them. I mean, obviously the Colts, uh, the, you mean the, sorry, the chiefs. Yeah. The chiefs have going for them. Obviously the Bengals made it to the super bowl last year and the bills have played a couple things, but the chiefs, man, the chiefs have, I mean, when you talk about experience, they've experienced, they've been down in AFC championships games. They've been, they've been like, they've done it all. They've had every, experience good teams bad teams whatever so come playoff time like i don't think the chiefs are like ooh, we gotta no, play this I, I i know but it's, but it's but you also have not the same exact roster like the for the, sure like the Bengals team has speaking of going through it all 
like like we talk about when a team's behind. They were getting their butts kicked yesterday. Of course, everybody's texting me. And I was like, they're going to make a call. Like, you know, it's just they're a second half team and they have a great second half defense and a great defensive coordinator. I was like, they're going to make a push. I, I I could not believe how that game played out. Brady looked in their offense, looked good in the first half. And then I've never seen just the wheels fall off. I don't know if you saw that one duck interception by Brady. Yeah. His two interceptions in the second half, you're like, what, dude, what are you? Th- those are just. We talk about earlier, I said, this is not something New England does on a play like that. Those were two, I don't see Tom Brady doing that. Like how, I watched your whole career, you're just looking sloppy. You're not looking like a savvy vet, a guy who's won all those rings. Yeah, well, I haven't seen, you know, I watched Shaq's whole career in the NBA. I never saw him trip and fall going running down the court. But I see him do it now all the time on the set of NBA fucking, you know, inside the NBA because they're both 50, dude. <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah, I'm going to play. I haven't watched this. I'm going to watch this in real time. You brought up the. The Gio Bernard. With Jenna Lane thing, is it pretty wild? It's pretty wild. Gio Bernard is like, I'm going to play it. He's kind of he's dorking out, but also she's being a bitch for sure. So she's the Bucks beat reporter for ESPN. Famously, also used to beef with Jameis one of one. Hilarious. Well, you were injured all year. What have you done for us Sorry. to talk to you about all year? I, I talked to you Tuesday. You, what, just don't, don't just talk. Don't say you're not talking because I didn't talk to you all year. You were also injured most of the season too. Hold on, hold on. You were also injured all year. Can I go to my family that I have outside? And you all can. Of a sudden now, just, just don't say we didn't talk to you we, all year. We just right? wanted to ask for your perspective on what happened. You, there. You're involved in one of the biggest plays of the game. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate That's your all. time. We do. We won't hold you. We, we would have talked to you in the season, but also okay, you were injured. Question, Just tell us what occurred on the, on the punt. Miscommunication, that's all it was on my part. I take complete fault for that. Did was it a know? fake? I don't know. It was complete fault. My fault. That's it. Did, Is this something the team hasn't practiced It's on me. Dude, okay, he, he keeps saying it's on him. I, I don't get what these reporters want. Right. Like, 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 listen, right. he keeps saying he's owning it. It's on me. It's on me. Let's, let's keep me. asking. That's uh, something I did wrong. And that's all. So you were It was all aware. on me. Yep. Number 25 out there. That was me. Um, I was the one that did it. But were you aware? It was, it was just fake? me. Yeah. I, I messed up. They've asked him now four times. Yeah. On the fake. Four times. And by the way, he looks completely different without his mustache. Yeah. I think the thing with Jen is like, I think that they're all right. The, the, the response to, you know, he's a, he's, he doesn't want to talk about it. Sure. And, and everybody's left him alone the whole year because he was hurt. And now he's involved in one of the biggest plays in the game and they want to talk to him. And he, you know, he's like, oh, now you guys want to talk to me. And I think that, that, that all the reporters were right. Like, why would we have talked to you before, dude? You were on IR. Yeah. And you weren't involved in any of the games. But the way, like, if you just play it from the beginning, just her voice, her voice sounds like she's returning uh, an oat milk latte because they put almond milk. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. We, we're, we're, this is, this is, you know, this is a Karen video from the pandemic. They've asked her not to come into the store without her mask on. Yeah, for sure. You were injured all year. I asked for oat milk. I asked for oat milk. Oats? Our oats. 
almonds are nuts. I'm allergic to nuts, so I need oats. Now I know, Gio the barista, you were injured all year, but Michelle's been taking care of me while you were on IR, and she knows the difference between oat milk and almond milk. That's a hundred percent how it sounds. I'm telling you though, man. I know everybody's like, oh, Homer, Ruth, or Bengals. I mean, they're they're like this three-headed monster that we have right now in that race in the AFC. But I'm gonna say a caveat. I I, I think, dude, it's so tough in the playoffs. The Bengals have to win that division. It's still gonna be tough. I do not see them making the Super Bowl if they don't win that division. And Absolutely. I think you agree. Like I, I, I just, it, it's too, there's too many good teams and the Bengals have won six in a row now. And I, I think Baltimore could slip up again. I think before they play the Bengals, I don't know, but I think they're going to just, they're going to have to win out. And I, and I, and I read those stats last episode, how hard it is to win the Super Bowl when you win out, I'm going to play a call. I teased it earlier. Kyle Aronofsky is coming in hot for me on my my fandom. So, you know, I'll play the call. He's a Hall of Fame dirtball. He gets his uh he gets his due. So here's what he has to say about me and my NFL fandom. What's going on, boys? Calling back once again from beautiful Tom's River, New Jersey, home of the nineteen ninety-eight Little League World Series champions. Andy, I, I hope this is the end of the, the talk of your fandom, Bandy Andy, but like you are on the level of the girlfriend who just gets a jersey or a t-shirt or a hat of whatever team is in the Super Bowl for the Super Bowl party. That that's that's who you are. You're the, you're the lady who just changes her favorite supposed favorite team to whoever the guy that she's dating, whoever he roots for. Like if I'm a Bengals fan, if I'm if I'm Randy Ruther, if I'm like one of your brothers who still roots for them, I am not accepting you back. Like you can root for the Bengals, but like I'll never relate to you. I have a buddy of mine, one of my best friends, who has two favorite NFL teams, the Jets and the Cowboys. And they'll try to like level with me on the pain of being a Jets fan. And I'm like, fuck you, dude. Like you have the Cowboys to look forward to on Sunday night. I have this pain from the one o'clock window to look forward to for the rest of the week. Like I, I you're you're a loser. You're an absolute fucking piece of shit sports fan. So just admit that you have no favorite team and oh, that was just say you. that you like players <laughs> like you, like NBA fans do. Just do that because the fact that you try to – oh, well, you try to justify it, and it's one of the most pathetic things I've ever heard on this podcast. Oh, and a question for Joe before this two minutes is up. Um, how much worse is MetLife than the old Giant Stadium? Because I went to MetLife for the Jets-Pats game. It's the fucking worst stadium in the league. Getting in and out of there sucks. The concessions suck. The atmosphere sucks. That place is, I think MetLife is the worst stadium in the NFL. At least the shitty stadiums have character. That's it. Connor's up for Andy. You're a fucking bum. So, so like, here's my thing. And, and, and I'll. I'm going to let you respond. Yeah. Then I have a response to him about you. And then I have a response about MetLife. Well, well one, like, why do you care so much, man? Like, like, like two, a lot of this is, is shtick that like Joe and I do. Like, like, here's the difference, and I'll be honest, and, and this is nothing against anybody who's diehard fan. The older I've gotten in in just my sports fandom, my passion, like my diehardness for one team 
it, it's nothing like how it used to be as I was in grade school and high school. It's just not. And, and that includes very successful teams. Like Xavier's only gotten better for me, right? I don't, I just don't care as much. I, but, but, but here's the difference. I still love sports. I love the NFL. Like, I don't know why everyone, it's not like I'm diehard. I wasn't like diehard Rams or diehard whoever. Yeah. I liked Russell Wilson a lot. I was rooting for him. I've always liked Tom. I like good players. This is what I don't understand. Like, why does it matter? Dude, I work for Gold Star now. Again, like, of course I want them to do well. I'm getting noted, you know, I'm getting write-ups in the local paper. This is good for me. This is good for everything I'm doing. This is good for them. Like, it's 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 not like I'm so diehard. Like, like I love Josh Allen. Dude, am I allowed to love Josh Allen? Am I love to lo- love watching Patrick Mahomes? They're they're going to be the guys the Bengals are competing against. Like I would love to go to a Bills game. I would love to go to a Chiefs game. But this notion that like I'm not on here like die hard, ride or die. Even well, during even hold on real quick. Even during yesterday's game, I, I had some people texting me, and one of the people was one of the, one of the one of the uh, the women I work with at Gold Star, and I was like, dude, it's one game. I was like, it's one game. She's like, aren't you? I'm like, it's one game. Like if they lose, they lose when they're down at halftime. I was like, they're going to make a comeback. It'll be a close game, whatever. But like everyone in general, I don't, let me put it this way. I don't have that same fervor and passion for teams as I've continued to get older. And I think a huge part of that is definitely that I didn't live in my hometown, not just not just in LA, right? I lived in St. Louis for college. Then I lived in Las Vegas. Like I just didn't carry that die hardness because I wasn't here with my family. I wasn't here going to games and some people do, and that's fine. But like, I'll be honest guys, like I'm not going to let my team or where I came from, I'm not going to let that affect my emotions. Like a lot of people do. And I, by the way, and I'm not saying you're wrong for that. I think sports are great for that. But like, I think it's funny when people are just so hard standing and they're like, well, fuck you. You like, dude, yeah. I was like, I'm done dealing with this crap. All right. I have a, I have a layered response to your response to Kyle. And then we'll get to my MetLife situation. First of all, well, here I'm gonna I'm gonna get the funny joking one out of the way. First of all, you are the leader of the cuck cam army. So first of all, you you are like you're literally you're like let's shame fans for that, sure. Like whatever. So but, but and, hold on, and, can and, I hop and in? Jay on Sizzle, that? Jay Sizzle with a great Photoshop. It's that like hilarious. It's hilarious. It's like you 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 cuck fandom with the wind who you're rooting for and who you're not. Now, hold on. Let me, let me go. Let me go to your thing about players because I gave, I give you the nickname Bandy Andy recently. And you're like, I love players. You, and you're like, Oh, I'm not going to get, I, I'm not going to get emotional. You've gotten emotional about players on the show. I mean, you've, you've, you've been red in the face screaming at me about Russell Wilson, you and Maddie Goldberg, 
did a Sopranos episode after the Super Bowl when he won with Tampa Bay, where the two of you put me in the trunk of a Cadillac and took me out into the woods, made me kneel face down in the (laughs) mud and said that you were going to murder me if I didn't call him the goat. Because he's the goat. He's the goat. Okay. Okay. But here's where the bandy Andy really comes in. Cause you're like, now I'm more about players than I am. Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson isn't even through his first bad season. And you are off the train and you are the Russell Wilson meme machine. We have 10 episodes devoted to Russell Wilson sucking at this point. Tom, you just made national headlines shitting on your boy, Tom Brady. Now yeah, I know that jokes, you know, I know that I know that's work. But I'm just saying the when when the going got tough for the Bengals, you abandoned ship. And when the going got tough for Russell Wilson, you abandoned ship. And when the going got tough for Dom Brady, you abandoned ship. Well, no, Joe, come on. Like, like if we're going to do this seriously, it's not about abandoning ship. First of all, on like a Russell Wilson or Tom Brady. Let's let's tap the brakes here. I I think I'm getting the Russell Wilson is a is a lock Hall of Famer. You're right. So, so we're penalizing me now for evolving an opinion. See, this is what no, I no, find. No, wild. no, 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 no. It's just that it's just that Russell Wilson it, is being exposed. And, and look, the, I, I'm not disagreeing with that. Like, that's a prime example of like, yeah, dude, I'm not going to stand so hard for Russell Wilson when all these stories are coming about all these TikTok videos, his play, a combination. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm I am not. Here's the here's the difference. I'm not going to stand so hard on something if I think, hey, maybe I was wrong here about it. Right. But and and that's fine. And that's a thing. But that is the definition of bandwagon. You're when the going's good, you're fucking screaming in my face. So, and when so, the going's bad, you're like, listen, you know, I was wrong. Am I going to But tell that, that's you- not bandwagoning. That's me. That's me changing my. You're saying I'm bandwagoning on Russell Wilson because I'm just I'm saying like, bring I'm the like, same. I'm just saying bring the same energy to, you know, maybe maybe I was right about Russell Wilson. Maybe bring that same energy. Maybe scream in my face that I was right now. Be willing to walk off the show telling me how right I was about Russell Wilson. Yeah, but we, because we, you were you, you're like, oh, in my old age, bro. You I mean we have episodes where we're screaming at each other. Now, no. me, I don't have an I'm not making an excuse for me. I am that guy. I'll I ride or die no matter what. Like I, Kirk Cousins could win a Super Bowl. I'm still not gonna fucking give him his due. Like, but but I see that, fucking- but see, that's my point. That see, that's my point right there. That there's a difference, and that's fine. If, if if Kirk Cousins, I don't think he's that guy. I'm glad you brought that up. If Kirk Cousins has a great playoff win and they win the Super Bowl and he's MVP, I'm wrong, dude, and I'll admit it. Yeah, like, and, I, and I probably will too, but I don't have to worry about. I can make that joke because he's not going to. Sure, but, but uh, let me let me add one more thing on your on your explanation to Kyle. You, the going got tough for the Bengals. You bailed. You became a a, a Rams fan, and then you became a Chargers season ticket holder. And I saw that adult that you were talking about. You're like, I'm just. It's not gonna be. You know, I don't have the same amount of passion for it. It's not like I didn't l- ride or die with this team growing up. I'll go to games. I'm not going to let it ruin my weekend. I'm not going to be But I will say this. There is more passion in your voice. There's more excitement in your voice about your return to the Bengals than there ever was about a Rams team, than there ever was about a Chargers team that you were financially invested in. You, are, you're back. You're a Bengals fan again. And you know what? I think that 
the thing is, is like, you can say, well, I'm not going to care about these Bengals the same way I did when I was nine years old and me and Walt are watching games on the couch. But I think, I think, I think where the bandy Andy needs to be embraced is you are back. Andy, you are a Bengals fan. You, you did return. You are the boy. You are the Hallmark Christmas movie. You returned home. Andy Ruther, the the swashbuckling L.A. coastal elite podcaster, returns to his hometown and re-embraces his football team. You are a, you are more passionate about the Bengals right now, just in talking about their chances to make the Super Bowl, than you ever were about the Rams, than you ever were about the Chargers, and that's no, okay. Yeah, they no had you down. They had you down. They had you beaten. You turned in your wings. You went full cougar. You turned in your Carson Palmer jersey. But you're back, buddy. You're a Bengals fan again. And that's okay. That's Bandy Andy. Bandy Andy is back on the bandwagon. And honestly, it's good to see. We prefer, we, the Dirty Sports Nation wants Bengals Andy. We've always wanted it. We never wanted you to bail on them. We we wanted you, we wanted you struggling with Mike Brown and and Andy Dalton. We wanted you to go through the Zach Zach Taylor years. We wanted you to go through like you should have been a Bengals fan the whole time, but you you, you turn in your wings, you know. You almost orphaned your wife and kids out there, sir. But you turned them in, and now you're back. You're back on the bandwagon, and we love it. We're here for it. Well, look. The, the 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 Chargers thing was never real. The Rams fan, it was never real. You know, you went, you, you tailgated the Chabellis a little bit. You had a skank hunt jersey. You never got, you didn't get the Aaron Donald jersey. No, you know, and and and, and that's the thing. Like, you're look, a Bengals fan. Look, I I I've always been a Bengals fan secretly. I and I don't know. Maybe that's like something I I I, I would work and, and through. I, I think with, with, I, I think honestly, like me being the, there's t- there's been times in my Nick fandom where I was such a Knicks fan, I was rooting for them to lose because it's better. They're better off losing. They're better off losing when you have Carmelo Anthony. They're better off losing. So so like it, it, here's just, what you what we need to accept is the Dalton years and the fucking you know the end of that whole era. You're rooting for them to lose. Not because you hated them, not because you gave up, not because you wanted to see Bengals in pain, but you knew in the long run is better. They need to move on from this era. Well, for you sure. You want them to lose so Mike Brown sells the team. The same way I want the Knicks to lose until fucking Dolan sells. Because what you want, you want a Bengals Super Bowl to come home. You want a Bengals Super Bowl to come home, just like Andy Ruther returned to Cincinnati. You well, want a Bengals I, Super Bowl title to come back to Cincinnati. I can tell you right now. Like the last two times that I was really upset about a team losing in the last 10 years. But but it wasn't like it was the 2012 Reds team that blew a 2-0 lead to the Giants. And the Giants won the Super Bowl. Or I'm sorry, the Giants won the World Series that year. The, the Reds team at the second best record in baseball. They were a really good team, right? It was it was that team and it was a recent like Xavier team that I was like, oh, I thought they'd make the final four. Like, but, but again, both those instances, I'm just like, I I also think doing this show and I've thought a lot about this. I really have the fact that I do a podcast and I watch sports and especially I like, I love the, you know how much I love the NFL. Like I love the NFL. I don't care who's playing. I love watching it. I think that's affected how I view it. If that makes sense. Yeah, but we want you back, Andy. We know deep down in your soul, you're rooting for this Bengals team to win the Super Bowl. 
well, look, dude. Yeah, I mean, and it's not about it's not about the gold star. It's but not that's about a huge your, part of it. You can't say it. Like I think sure, that's a huge but we, part of but it. But we all know we saw it last year. You didn't even embrace it last year. Secretly, were you like, well, it's kind of a you know, you fenced it. If they lose, I get the shit on Zach Taylor. If they win, Joe Burrow's the man. Put your chips in the middle of the table, Andy. Put your chili on your spaghetti. You're a Bengals fan. You're rooting for them. We want it. When the Bengals go into the playoffs, we want Bandy Andy back on the bandy. We want you we want a foam finger. We want the 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 Hude sunglasses. We want you and Randy arm in arm watching the game, rooting for the Bengals to win. Not not secretly like, oh, I could shit on Zach Taylor if they lose. Fucking, I want them to win. Cause we know you do. And I think the only the only thing that maybe makes you not want them to win is that you dug yourself a financial hole if they do win. No, I don't care about that. That that is what it is. If they win the Super Bowl, I can I can deal with that. The financial ramifications. Look, that's fine. I will I will answer uh Kyle's question about MetLife. I haven't been uh, I've been to far more baseball stadiums than I have been to football stadiums, but it's it's up there as bad. And I'll tell you why. It is the exact same failure that the Yankees made giant stadium. Unlike the original Yankee stadium, which was historic giant stadium sucked, but it did have a personality. Can you explain why that sucked and why this sucks? Well, first of all, the, it's in the, the swamp of New Jersey. We're the New York football giants. We play in a New Jersey swamp that has now been built to be a mall a shitty mall. Were there no other options? You would have thought when they got rid of the Meadowlands, were there no other options? Well, the part of the deal was, well, the, we're going to give you a new stadium, but you put it right here. Okay. It wasn't, you know, there. so there was a, there was a moment where it looked like the Jets were going to build a West Side Stadium in New York City. That was part of a New York uh, Olympic bid and blah, blah, blah. And much like the Clippers are doing now to get away from the Lakers, part of that was we're sick and tired of playing in giant stadium. We want our own stadium. And honestly, I'll say this right now. The Jets would have a Super Bowl already if they had built the stadium in New York City. Like they, they like that shit changes everything. Um, the the old giant stadium, it sucked, but it like people say about Shea and I fucking hated Shea Stadium. People would say it's a dump, but it's our dump. That was way more true for Giant Stadium. There was wind, the way it was constructed, the wind would rush through the tunnels. You couldn't kick a fucking field goal. It was in the swamp. Nothing was around it. You just drive out through fucking dead mob bodies and play in a fucking swampland in this shitty. 70s cookie cutter stadium and the fucking astroturf was like concrete it was really i mean it had it had some like the soul of it was new jersey built by new jersey dead bodies mixed into the concrete concrete over fucking turf that's basically just more concrete it was a dump but it was our dump what yankee what the new yankee stadium did is they tried to rebuild the old yankee stadium now at least there's some some thinking in that of like 
there's so much history here. Let's try to like do honor to that history. But what sucks about the new Yankee stadium is they gave up all the history by getting rid of the old Yankee stadium. And they used none of the modern architectural advancements. They made a shitty old stadium just new. And, and at least their heart was in a right place. Now what Yankee stadium should have done is spend billions of dollars to renovate and remake the old Yankee stadium in its same place. Yeah. Or, or just abandon it and be like, Hey, listen, think fucking the, the, the earth revolves around the sun. Years go by. Things change. We're building a brand new fucking stadium. The thing about giant stadium is there was no fucking nostalgia there. No one was like, man, it needs to be shitty like the last one. But they did that. They built a new, modern, behemoth, giant stadium. And it's all the shitty aspects of the old stadium in a modern thing. It's Then they built this fucking mall around it. So now there's traffic for a mall. There, the 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 road system in and out is a disaster who wants to go skiing or to a fucking wave pool in a mall in new jersey they should get rid of that mall they should empty that place out and just anybody that shows up wanting to do it they should murder them what are you guys doing you're going skiing inside a mall in the swamp of new jersey literally kill yourself they did it all so they could get a Super Bowl, but they didn't do a dome. So the first Super Bowl, it's fucking half freezing, snowing. Like it's a, it's a nightmare. All of the failure of the new Yankee Stadium, without at least the 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 like sentiment of we're trying to preserve something. Who needed to preserve the dumpy swampland Jimmy Hoffa graveyard that was the old fucking Giant Stadium? It's horrible. So that's one of the rumors, right? That he was. Is that one of the rumors that he was buried? That he's in the concrete there. That they just moited him and put him in the concrete. That's wild. And honestly, the theory that that is like, yeah, if he did, it's with 40 other dudes. They probably, you know, there's a theory that, that, you know, that there's all these bodies and like for years, you know, you're always, if you're a mobster, you're always worried. Are they ever going to come across this fucking body? Where are we putting this body? Where are we putting this? And that the, the union construction crews that did fucking new it's like well once and for all we can get rid of we go get the 70 bodies that we've been worried about them finding we're gonna put them all in the fucking concrete that's crazy i mean that's just wild that's like a i would love to hear more about that i think that's fascinating the thought of them building a stadium over all these whacked guys yeah so yeah it's a dump and it's not even our dump. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I guess we have to get to this winner of the Bengals Bills Monday Night Football game. So, okay. you know, I just, I, you know, we've drawn it out. And obviously, you know, the, the winner is going to get to enjoy the game with Joe, Randy Ruther, myself in a Gold Star Suite. We're also going to tailgate before the game. It will all be coordinated. We're welcoming all dirt balls out. Whether you're a Bengals fan, Bills fan, neither. 
January 2nd, Monday Night Football. We're going to do the uh, Bengal Jim, who's a big Bengal super fan, who puts on one of the best tailgates. He's going to have tons of food, a lot of food provided by Gold Star because they sponsor a lot of his tailgates. So those guys, you know, it's, it's, well, I'll just say this. Matthew and Jed have been the front runners and they actually put out some more videos this week, made a final push and they made a call yesterday together. Now I know a lot of people are gonna be disappointed when they hear this. It was not them singing a duet. I mean, that's what I was hoping for a duet of another fallout boy song. I was hoping they would combine for a duet, but they, they called in the show together. I see they left two calls. We'll, we'll see if we get to both of them, but I'll play the first one. Hey, Dirtballs, this is Matthew Zirkus. And this is Jedediah. Uh, we just wanted to call in and say thank you so much for watching all of our videos and our songs. It's been an honor to, to provide this uh, entertainment to you guys. It has been exciting. And as someone who's been listening to the podcast for five plus years now and has maybe called twice, it's been a great opportunity for me to be more active as a fan and interact with uh, other members of the community. So a uh, big thank you for that opportunity. And hopefully I can continue to do this even after. Yeah. And, and I second that as well. I mean, doing these videos honestly was probably the most fun that I've ever had. <laughs> you know, uh, Jed and I and I talked the other day and we, we both said we want to kind of continue to do this as we move forward. Uh, so you know, thank you for uh, for all the years, you know, Joe and Andy for uh, for providing this podcast. Uh, we we really appreciate it. It helps keep us going. And I wanted to say as well, uh, whether win or lose, you know, Jedediah, if you win, congratulations. If I win, you know, I hope I still see you out there in Cincinnati for the game. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I know we're going to be able to kind of continue to have this uh, – this fighting the good fight for the dirt balls for, uh, for many years to come. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I want to thank you for actually making it into competition because as fine as I would have been uh, winning it by default, it certainly wouldn't have been as felt as rewarded. Um, and we definitely hope to see a lot of the dirt balls at the game, uh, before or even during, um, Okay, so it basically cuts off there. Um, and I think that's what they're saying at the end. They're like, hey, guys, you can come out again. I'll, I'll have it all listed. We're going to be there for the tailgate. We're going to be there, obviously, during the game. And I don't know what's going to happen after. There, there, there's a huge area in Cincinnati right there. But So just so you know, it's like the Red Stadium, the Bengal Stadium. In between, that's called the Banks. And it's just all bars and restaurants, like on the river. So – you know, it, it'll be a festive night, and I'm sure a lot of a lot of Bills Mafia will be coming down as far as people from Buffalo. Now, we did get a call. It, Is there any chance of you in that Carson Palmer jersey for this game? No, no, uh, never. Carson Palmer jersey's been retired forever, dude. The disrespect that would be to Joe Burrow because they both had number nine. I, I mean, wh what about what about the? Uh... What about like an official name plating over? Like, I think this, I, like, I almost feel like this needs to be, you know, we talked about Bandy Andy just like coming all the way back. Like, I'd like to see Bandy Andy put the Carson Palmer jersey in the front seat, 
of the Toyota hatchback, drive it to a place where it can get an official borough nameplate, not, not to replace it, but sewn over it. I want, I want, I want the Palmer under there for you. The 2005 I, I, Reebok Palmer Jersey, the 2005 Reebok Palmer Jersey. I think, I think that you need to, you need to remember where you came from. I think the Palmer still needs to be a part of it. The way the dead bodies are still under the new Met life. I think the dead body of Carson Palmer, AKA the original Kirk cousins should be under a new Joe Burrow nameplate. I feel like this is Bandy Andy coming all the way back and embracing that he is once again, truly a Bengals fan. I want a white Burrow nameplate put over this. Certainly Randy Ruther out there must have a number for Jing Zhuang, the guy who makes his jerseys to give you <laughs> to uh, ship from China to send you. Oh man. Uh, maybe, maybe there's, there's gotta be a way for him to buy just a Joe Burrow nameplate. That that could be officially sewed on. Does does um does your mom have a does your mom have a sewing machine in in the old house? Can we have a, an official well you sewing know, she, sewing? She up did in? my mom did? I don't know who got that sewing machine. You know, obviously we divvied up a lot of stuff, gave a lot of stuff to Goodwill. Um, I would let you. I would even. I'll. I I would go so far as to say this before the. This is something I shouldn't do, but I will do it. I will go so far as to say I will rev- like I will revoke your need to go to a women's study class if you take a one night sewing class so that you can learn how to sew on your own burrow nameplate over your Carson Palmer jersey. Okay. I want I want to watch Andy Ruther use a sewing machine to put to bed his Bengals bandying. And come all the way back. I want to see you sew your heart back onto the Bengals. So much going through my head right now. There's so much going through my head right now. I need wow. you to show up to a, a sewing class with Joanne's sewing machine. And be I like, don't know. Where, I don't know where that is. We'll send a group text out to the brothers. See which sister-in-law's got this sewing machine. I don't know if anybody took it. I feel like we might have donated it to Goodwill. Uh, my mom's old sewing machine. I don't know. That's a good question. I got to, you're right. I got to talk to the brothers. Okay. So I, I really appreciate the call guys. You guys have made this fun. I know gold stars really enjoying the content. Now there was a wild push. I don't even want to call it a push. I would call it a drunken call. Okay. From, from our three, one, five bills, mafia crew. I can't even understand what they're saying. Should I play it? Sure, I've never been able to understand what they're saying. The only it looks, thing I, it the looks only, like they just the tried only, to call Joe. The only words I ever understood from the 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 insane group that is the three one five crew, besides of course, Doctor Dirtball Zach Olmstead, who's very well spoken. Um, the only words that ever somehow coherently slipped out of the three one five crew is when one of them asked if they could go down on my girlfriend. Um, so that was interesting. Interesting. interesting I was like, right man, there. all the drunkenness. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting move. So I see, I see they tried to call back again during our show. My apologies. Oh, during the show. But there's there was a call. I don't know how far we're going to get into it. I'll, I'll just I'll play the call. This was the call yesterday. Yo, what's up? It's Lagoy live from the 518, not the 315. I'm going to spin that record, and he's a bitch, and he didn't do the fucking the challenge. 
for the Buffalo tickets. Dude, I will, I will dunk on all those fucking big ass Cincinnati fans, dude. Don't worry, dude. I'm a ghost fan. There was there. I was trying to do a table. I've been listening to you guys this fucking second episode. There he's talking a little trash to our Cincinnati fans. So he's been listening to the second episode. I'll fucking arm wrestle. You, arm wrestle. Goldberg, all together. Y'all get me. Go Bills. Fuck the Dolphins. Who is a fucking loser cheddar dick. What a, what a bitch, dude. He did it. I, I gave him suggestion for the, like, the challenge for the tickets. He didn't do it. Dude, I bought, I bought, I bought this Pete Rose, Dr. Owen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> enough is enough. Okay. Well, listen. Now he's Andy. saying we didn't do it. So, so basically, it comes down to. I'll just say this, and you you said you you said this before, and I think this is the way this is the way the best way to describe it. First of all, again, thank you for the call from. Well, thank you for the call for the three one five crew, but also thank you for the co call from Jedediah and Matthew. I appreciate the sentiment of how much you guys have enjoyed the show and being a part of the community and what we mean to you. All that stuff is great. But I, I'm going to put this as succinctly as Andy put it before the show. Jedediah and Matthew out mafia, the Bills mafia. Like they went, they were like, go big or go home. They're not some Hail Mary drunken call from, from the trunk of a car. Um, they, they went big. They did. It, it, it was, it was Maverick and Iceman trading the lead back and forth throughout Top Gun um that and and honestly at no point at no point did had i picked a winner me either and so, i just retweeted jedediah's video today because you didn't put it out there but the dirt balls need to go immediately to the dirty sports thing because and this is one of those things this is a, this is essentially the bills chiefs playoff game last year whoever gets the ball last is gonna win this game but today's the day. It's the 19th. The clock's running out. 13 seconds left. Jedediah took Chili to his fucking jack room. Fertility at, clinic. At his fertility clinic. He went to donate sperm. And he smuggled Chili in. <laughs> and he goes through all the fucking jack-off material. And he settles on he's going to jack off to a can of Gold Star. I don't even know if Goldstar wants this to be a part. Like Goldstar is probably like we have revoked, yeah, being any part of this. I think he wisely did not tag them in it, <laughs> yeah, because then I'd be getting calls from corporate. I mean, Joe put it best, and I had said that before the show. Like they out mafia Bill's mafia. I mean, you guys both did great, but like I, this is the most dirty sports thing ever. You brought a gold star can of chili to a fertility clinic showing all the pornography that they have before they collect sperm. And he ends on a can of gold star chili. So congrats. And, 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 we, and we were talking about this before the show. It's like, dude, he's at a fertility clinic because, you know, him and his wife are trying to have a baby. Which his is wife's, very serious. His, yeah. his, his wife's probably getting her fucking eggs harvested. They're fucking getting in vitro. Like, meanwhile, this guy, she's like, baby, you know, you, you can't jack off for like, two, we can't have sex. You can't jack off for a couple of days. You need to fucking really focus is important. We need to harvest as much of your sperm as you can. She's like, what are you doing? And he's like, filling my overcoat with chili. 
I have videos to make. She's like, why are you not taking this? Oh, I'm taking this dead seriously. I'm going to that fucking game. <laughs> oh my God. And I'll say, I'll say what I said to you before the show again. I think we're, I think we're handing the, the title here to Jedediah. I think that the, uh, he, he, he had the ball last and he took the ball, both of his balls to the fertility clinic. And he also brought a can of gold star chili to the fertility clinic. You can see the video on the dirty sports, uh, Twitter page. Am I scared about bringing somebody who would do that to a football game with me? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very nervous that Jedediah, um, if his, uh, you know, pregnancy, uh, attempts don't go that I will somehow be taken hostage and made to act like him and his wife's baby. Cause he might be a full on lunatic psychopath. Am I, am I scared about going to a game? Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but I think it's, you know, he started out hot. Matthew came with an incredible battle, but in the end, the guy who held the ball last, uh, won. but I'm going to say what I said to you, Andy, I hope, I hope Zerkus Zerks can get, uh, to the game because while gold star is only providing us with one ticket for the thing, whatever we're going to be tailgating. Um, I'm sure that, you know, whether it be the dirtball upgrade courtesy of Jay Lloyd or just moving some people over and being like, Hey, we see you have an extra seat next to you. This guy jacked off into some chili. Um, can you make room <laughs> for our buddy um, that we will all be able to hang out at the game. So I'm hoping that one way or the other, Matthew finds his way to the game, but I'm going to yeah. put the crown on Jedediah. Yeah. Congrats. To, congrats to Jedediah, Matthew. You did a great job. And I know, I've already talked to gold star. We're definitely going to have a runner up package. They're, they're going to set that up and, and, and I'm going to see what all we can get out of that runner up package. Uh, because you, you know, you did just as great a job. And like Joe said, I mean, that's actually the best analogy. This is Patrick Mahomes. This is Josh Allen. Who's going to get the ball last. That's basically what it boiled down to. And it's really tough to top somebody smuggling a can of gold star chili into a fertility clinic. I'm pretty sure you're probably not allowed to film in those places for a variety of reasons. I'm pretty sure that there's a lot going on here, but just the thought of there being a chili can of chili in that room. Yeah. Insanity. And the thought of his wife seeing this video and being like, this is what you were doing. <laughs> this is what you went in there to do. We're trying to have a baby. You're smuggling chili in. I was wondering why you were wearing that 80s style trench coat. <laughs> I thought you might be smuggling midgets in under you. It's unbelievable. I mean, I mean, it's the why most you dress like that. It's full of chili. <laughs> like one of those guys who sold watches on the streets in the 80s. Uh, dirt balls are the gift that keeps on giving. So thank you both. Thanks to everybody. You know, we're going to, we're going to have fun. Like Joe said, you know, we're going to have, we're going to have a nice crew out. It'll be nice to hang with everybody. You know, January 2nd, Monday night football and that stadium. That's their next home game. Cause they're at Patriots this week. I mean, I was saying this morning to my girlfriend, I was like, if the Bengals win this week and if the bills win, you're because the bills are going to have to keep winning, right? Like to keep that one seed, how yeah. important. And let's say the chiefs 
stumble. I, I don't know if they will, but if the Chiefs stumble once, basically, if the Bengals win this week and the Bills win next week, that one seed is like on the line. Yeah. Because the Bengals and Bills both have the head to head over the Chiefs. Right. So, like, the importance of that game. It's going to be wild. Give us a call. You guys can call in. We'll do more fun stuff like that. 310-359-8365. Andy, we we there's just there, I know we did all the NFL and I don't I have I didn't look at the rundown so I didn't know I doubt you have anything else you want to talk about. I mean, it is Andy Ruther and it is football season, so I'm sure there's not much else on the docket. There was one NFL thing I wanted to touch on. Yeah, yeah. I, I did have some yeah. other things, but you know we're almost two hours in. So okay, but, but I just yeah, wanted to, I just wanted to touch on Dak Prescott. Oh yeah, thanks. The, the the Cowboys losing that game, another two pick game of Dak for Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott has two picks in four of his last six games, two and they're picks. bad. They're like yesterday's picks were bad. Two of and I said that I said that the the only reason the Giants were in the game I went to in the horror show that is the Dallas area is because Dak Prescott threw two horrible picks. He has thrown two picks in four of his last six games. I threw, I believe in one of those games, he was interception list. And one of the games he threw one pick. But when you look at the NFC and I know Vikings fans are going to lose their goddamn minds here, but to me, it's the Eagles, it's the 49ers and it's a shit show. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if the second round of games is Eagles, Seattle, 49ers, the commanders or Eagles, Giants, 49ers, fucking, you know, uh, D- Detroit Lions. Like it could go anyway. There are two good teams in the NFC. And honestly, a a lot of either teams overachieving or teams that are just hanging on or teams that are just purely fraudulent. Everybody. I mean, you're, we're a couple of weeks removed here from you saying Niners, Eagles, Cowboys. And I said two bad picks in every game in every game. I'm Yeah. The Cowboys, like I watched that game. I watched most of all that game. And I thought, okay, Cowboys on the road, even though it's a very road friendly, you know, Cowboys fans travel. I was like, they're up 17, second half. Hey, man, they're looking good. And then he just the wheels fall off. Two awful picks, like I like we we're saying. Like th- these, these are just not good picks. And and it all comes down to your dude, in the playoffs, it's your quarterback. Like, that's the only question mark, obviously, with the Niners, Brock Purdy. How's he gonna play out? Even you could argue for Jalen Hurts. Most of these guys we've seen in the playoffs before, but man. Dak just, I don't know. I don't think he's that guy. He's not playing like that guy. He, he's got to, he's got to really step it up. And I agree I'll, with you. And, and I'll, and I'll say this and, and, and Vikings fans aren't going to want to hear this and Cowboys fans aren't going to want to hear this. Kirk Cousins is fine. Dak Prescott is fine. Uh, Daniel Jones is, you know, less than fine. Um, Case Keenum was less than fine. Um, who's the guy that was, uh, the fucking who came in and won every game for the Cowboys this year? What was it? I forget. I forget that dude's name at this point, dude. I do too. Yeah. Uh, the ginger uh, guy. It. Yeah. Uh, I, I literally, it keeps being on the tip of my tongue and then I can't fucking remember it. I'm not. 
But who is that guy? Yeah, I, I fucking forget his name. <laughs> but the 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 thing that makes Dak not fine, the thing that makes Kirk Cousins not fine is Cooper they Rush. Paid, Cooper Rush is they went out and paid them. I was never, you know, I've I've taken a lot of shit on this show for shitting and pissing all over Lamar Jackson. I like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is a good player. I just wouldn't go giving Lamar Jackson the franchise QB contract for a guy who, again, as I said earlier in the year, I can't believe we haven't gotten a call back from that guy. Shocked. Uh, can't stay on the field because he's we running did. the ball. We got a, a call back from him. Oh, wow. Do you want me to play it? Yeah. I like we're, we're going to end this now. Let's let's play it. Lamar Jackson fan is back. He called actually after the Colts blown game. Joe, Andy, Dirtball Nation. Uh, it's me again. You know, Joe has been sending some shots my way from my Lamar Jackson take. And today, the Colts have blown the biggest league lead in, uh, like, history, some shit like that. Uh, so just just a few messages for y'all. Wanted to uh, give a big shout-out to Vikings fans. Uh, great win today. But you were also down thirty-three to zero to the Indianapolis Colts, uh, so I think it like that. And then to answer Joe's question, um, I've, I've put some serious thought into this, and I think uh, if you amputated both of Lamar Jackson's legs and gave him like the metal amputee things that that dude from South Africa who ran past and then like showed his wife or whatever. You know, if you gave him those, those little Oscar Pistorius, things, I'd still yeah. take Lamar Jackson over Matt Ryan, and I'd still pay him $30 million a year, $20 million a year, whatever number we want to use. I think um, it was like 45, but yeah. Stay dirty, and uh, condoms are for Jim Mersey. So if you gave Lamar Jackson the blade legs that Oscar well, Pistorius had. Uh, unfortunately for the Ravens, um, Lamar Jackson isn't willing to make that move uh so now they're playing with tyler huntley now i want to argue you know does tyler huntley even go up 33 points on the on the vikings i don't know no one here is defending matt ryan's play this weekend but i'm just saying it doesn't matter like you could have the worst game i'd rather have jacoby meyer at quarterback and we saw his one pass this weekend than Lamar Jackson right now because Lamar Jackson isn't playing. He isn't playing. And honestly, the whatever happens with the Ravens for from here on out, the Bengals have a, taking control of the division right now and probably will win the division, although obviously that game's – the bottom line is the only reason it's a question mark is because Lamar Jackson missed games. So your Super Bowl chances obviously are going to be hurt if Lamar Jackson doesn't come back. But your Super Bowl chances have already been hurt, whether he comes back or not, by the fact that you come back, he's probably playing a road game, his first game in the playoffs. Then he has to go potentially to a division rival and play a road game, then obviously have to play a road game against the Chiefs. I mean, if he had played the best football of his life, 
we we could be we could be talking about them as the one seed. They they're right there. Yeah, they are. But but your Super Bowl chances has already been hurt by the fact that Lamar Jackson couldn't stay on the field. So there's that. But my point in this was that you know when we're talking about all these quarterbacks and and all the things that are in play, it's like at this point the Brock Purdy's of the world, like just do do your job, be on the thing. Like I I don't believe in Dak, I don't believe in Kirk Cousins, I don't even know if Lamar Jackson will be playing. It's a big jump between the Mahomes, Burrow, Allen. Hertz hasn't even got Hertz hasn't gotten the contract yet. By the way, this is what we're the the Philadelphia Eagles are stacked right now. They're not going to be as stacked when they have to pay Jalen Hurts. You don't get to go out and take Bradbury from us and pay him and take Slay and pay him to get all your defensive line, your offensive line, you all these guys. You're not going to pay. You can't go out and get uh, what's his name from the Titans. You you know you you draft a young also. Derek Henry. Gonna ha- no, the the receiver who's oh. Name? Blanking on right now, AJ Brown, AJ Brown. Um, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be able to pay all of these guys. You also have a, you have your your best receiver probably is on a is on a rookie deal in his second season. You're gonna have to pay him. So this is the Eagles window for sure. Now you could argue that Jalen Hurts has proven he deserves to be get that money. Michael Parsons would disagree. Michael Parsons doesn't think you should go and give him $45 million a year because, oh, boy, just like the roster of the Vikings had to take a hit when they paid $32 million to Kirk Cousins a year, just like the Cowboys have to take a hit when they go out. And where's Amari Cooper? Why'd they let him go? Because you can't pay fucking everybody. So that's really the question mark in the league. Should you go? I mean, the Giants are here right now. Daniel Jones' contract is up after this year. I I actually, I like Daniel Jones. I don't love Daniel Jones, but don't go giving Daniel Jones $30 million or I'll fucking kill myself. If Daniel Jones wants to sign on for five years, $18 million a year, and then we have to punt on that contract if it doesn't work out, great. Let's do it. I'll sign up for five years, $250, you know, or whatever the fucking case may be right now. But I'm not signing on for fucking a $30 million Daniel Jones, which is what you have in the Vikings. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's all about the numbers and making it work with the QBs. All right, let's wrap it up. That's our show. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. At The Dirty Sports. I'm at Andy Ruther. Joe has... His social at a few different things. What is it, Joe? I am at Joe Prano on all social media. Um, shout out to any dirt balls that went on my TikTok and liked some of my videos. I have been um, in and out of being banned on TikTok because I upset some Swifties. So support me there where I am currently in a battle with the Swifty army. Um, I'm at Joe Prano on Instagram. You can follow me there for updates on all my shows. Um, and then, of course, I'm at Fix Your Life on Twitter. 
Um, you can follow me, joeprano.com forward slash shows. I will be in Irvine this Tuesday for Comedy Juice at the Irvine Improv. This Thursday, I will be down at Madhouse Comedy Club in San Diego. Um, after that, I will be in early January via my trip to Cincinnati. I'll be off to New York. So keep your eye on my social media and on my website for what shows I'll add in New York. Then I've got Comedy Cellar in Las Vegas after that and uh, Dead Crow Comedy Club in Wilmington, North Carolina after that. And then Sketchfest in San Francisco in early February. So a lot lined up the next couple of months. Hope to see you guys come out to a show. All right. That's our show. Thanks for sticking with us, guys. We'll be back on Thursday. Have a great week. And as always, stay dirty.